Welcome to the Marketing in the Wild podcast. I'm Julia from Stratus Creative Marketing, where we are obsessed with finding real life in the wild stories about business and marketing. Everybody, I'm excited to introduce you to my newest friend on the internet, Erica. Erica, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you do? Hi, thank you for having me again. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so I will start with like a little story um, in the design, and I'm talking about like interior design, architecture, construction industry. Interior designers are brought in at the very last minute on a project, like usually toward the end. Um, they're under leverage. They're underappreciated. And I think that's such a tremendous um, loss for everyone. There's so much research and so much, I mean, so much proof that interior designers can, or an interior design itself has the power to really transform people's lives. So mm-hmm. as a result, um, I am a former interior designer for many years yeah. turned marketer. Like I went to the dark side. Um, I'm <laughs> passionate. <laughs> I'm super passionate about making sure that interior designers get their stories straight. So that they Mm -hmm. are heard and hired and brought in at the right time on a project um, to be really, truly leveraged for this, for what they, you know, the value that they can bring to a project. So I want them to build really cool brands. I want them to have like really, really strong and really meaningful messaging so that they are, again, using their, their, they're working to the best of their, you know, capabilities Mm -hmm. and changing the world. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that you have come out of this field because you like know how to talk to these people, like your friends almost. Um, Yeah. So like how and why did you come to the dark side? (laughs) To the dark side. (laughs) Um, So the first half of my career for 10 years, I worked as an interior designer. I worked Mm -hmm. all around the world. It was amazing. Um, But what I found over and over again was that designers, while really, really good at presenting their own design concepts and their own ideas mm-hmm. for their, you know, to each other in the design mm-hmm. team, they're actually really not good at crafting stories about themselves. And they're really actually not good at presenting when it, when it matters, mm-hmm. right? Presenting mm-hmm. and pitching right. to clients and like getting it all succinct and tight and, and speaking kind of a business language in a sense where you have to like, you know, sell a design that's more than just something, you know, beautiful or emotional. It has to sort of speak to the Mm -hmm. client's objective. So I, um, like I said, I set as an interior designer and what I started to do was because I was really fast at presentations. I was really fast at, you know, creating kind of a synopsis of what Mm -hmm. the design team had done. The marketing team was like, Hey, (laughs) we need you (laughs) on our side. Mm -hmm. And so I started kind of transitioning into, um, supporting marketing teams for pitching new business and really kind of representing the, you know, the designers. And uh, over time, I, um, I kind of worked with a lot of different types of marketers. I got to see all the different roles mm-hmm. in marketing. I got to see like performance marketing and growth marketing and gr- marketing strategy and branding and, and mm-hmm. copywriting. And I really got to see kind of all the magical parts and pieces that go into really helping designers of all kinds, right? Um, Mm -hmm. build and make and bring their projects to life. And um, so I went back to school. I studied, you know, the foundation, the fundamentals of marketing to really understand and sort of help 
help me guide my career decision-making a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in multiple kind of different types of companies. I worked for um, home furnishings manufacturers. I worked for really big tech company um, sort of sitting that's focused on home, sort of set between Mm -hmm. the environments team and the marketing team. And um, yeah, and then in 2020, I started my own business as many Sweet. people did yeah. um due uh-huh. to that thing we all went through <laughs> and yeah, that thing <laughs> that uh-huh. thing <laughs> and yep. um and I haven't looked back since it's been you cool. know an incredible journey as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you know we can talk about that too that's awesome I love it I love it yeah um so one of the things that like you talk about is leveraging core emotions yeah um so like Tell us a little bit about that. Like, why should businesses think about like their customers' core emotions and leverage those? Okay. So I don't know if I'm, I'm story brand certified and I know a lot of your audience is too. So Mm -hmm. I won't like go deep into preaching to the choir on that, but I will say that, um, you know, one of the key components of storytelling is that you talk about, you talk with, and you speak to your client, right? Stories aren't about mm-hmm. you. They're about the client. Mm-hmm. And in order to really deeply understand who and what is motivating the client to make different decisions, purchase decisions, let's say, because every business mm-hmm. is a purchase, right? Whether it's a service mm-hmm. or a product, you are speaking mm-hmm. to you know, the story that person's telling themselves when they, you know, make that decision. And on like a consumer product brand, that's a really fast purchase decision, Mm -hmm. right? For toothpaste Mm -hmm. or Barbies or lipstick or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that journey is super short because you can sit in Mm -hmm. front of like a billion different, you know, options of toothpaste Mm -hmm. and remember, you know, the, the commercial or the, the story that mm-hmm. you most identify with to make that decision and do it really fast. There's low risk, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> it's super fast. It can go mm-hmm. really fast. However, when you're looking at purchasing something that's much more expensive, that the stakes are higher. So like an interior design of your home or, you know, an architect, like an architectural project or a building project or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like a luxury product that's costing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. The stakes are much higher. You're putting out a lot more money you're in a case of interior design, you might be like moving out of your house for a couple months, maybe a mm-hmm. year, maybe longer. It depends on the size. You might be displacing your family. Your kids might have to like, you know, go through a big transition. So the stakes of that are really, really, really high. And that story has to be, you know, that marketing and that brand story has to be really powerful to be able to bring people into making the choice to purchase from you, like, or, you know, work Mm -hmm. with you as a service provider. So I, when I talk to interior designers and other home, I say home brands, because I'm also talking to Mm -hmm. people who manufacture like sofas and art and furniture Mm -hmm. and all the, all the parts and pieces of the home, you know, those sometimes can be really costly. So um, what I say is that, you know, you have to key into those core emotions. You have to tell stories mm-hmm. that are not just certainly not about you. <laughs> and a lot mm-hmm. of designers start with like, I'm educated this way, or I, you know, I specialize in this style, or I had this team mm-hmm. or this accreditation. And like, honestly, what clients really want to know is like how you can help them. 
And and we all know mm-hmm. that, right? So totally. that, mm-hmm. that core emotion is how as designers, I help them start to unpack what their clients might be feeling. And I've, I've mm-hmm. come up with five, like within my experience yeah. as a designer for so many years and sort of sitting on both, like we talked yeah. about, like both sides of mm-hmm. that story, that there are, are five kind of core emotions that are driving interior design clients to seek out a service provider or seek out someone like a designer mm-hmm. for their home. Um, so I have created for them, I, I, it's part of a larger framework. That framework has three mm-hmm. parts. It's called the E3 storytelling framework. Starts with an E. All cool. of them, like yeah. Erica, like me, so they remember. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yes, love it. Love it. Okay, so the first one is extraordinary, and we can talk about that later. That's like that yeah. differentiator. That's that thing that makes you super unique. You have to start with that because a lot of times designers and and any of us really, when we're defining our brand story. You have to really highlight the uniqueness of your, like your heritage or your background or your education mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like maybe you started a career mm-hmm. in healthcare or finance or early childhood education and you decided that you wanted to become an interior designer. Those are super relevant because you understand mm-hmm. so much more. You have such a richer perspective than. You know, not to compare, but you can take that experience into who you are and build a story around it. So I, I get really totally. deep with them on like what that extraordinary piece is. The second piece is, yeah. is emotion, right? And that's when we mm-hmm. start to really look into that core emotional motivation. And so the five of them that really mm-hmm. resonate, and these, I certainly think this can work for many different industries, but I think yeah. looking at specifically if you're in wellness or if you're in something else. (laughs) I don't even know. You'll have to kind of like look and see what those might be. But for for interior designers, the the five are um, creating a sense of belonging, right? The Mm -hmm. home is certainly Mm -hmm. a place where families um, return to. A lot of times designers are working with clients who are in transition, like they're going through a Mm -hmm. marriage, like they just got married. Things want Mm -hmm. to, you know, they want to change their home they've just gotten divorced or they're just mm-hmm. having children or their children are leaving the home, right? There's something mm-hmm. that's kind of happening that's causing them, that's that external, right? That external cause that's mm-hmm. causing them to want to, you know, change their home. But deeper, deeper down, it's, it's usually there might be a sense that they want, you know, people to come back or they want to, you know, create a space for a growing family. Mm-hmm. So that sense of belonging. Yeah. The second one is to be seen and heard. Um, and this is really a good one for um, like young professionals who are just mm-hmm. starting like a new life. They want to show their personality. They want to show that they are grown mm-hmm. up and, and more mature. Right. Um, but they want, they use their home and their space to perhaps entertain or anyway, it, it's super important that right. they're recognized in their space. So interior designers can kind of key mm-hmm. into that with their messaging. Um, the third one is that your life has purpose and meaning. Um, this is about usually like legacy home building, people who are creating spaces that they want to pass down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly doing things like because you can um, is really mm-hmm. a factor there. Um, I have a really good friend who's a designer of 
she's working with designing kind of second and third homes. And, you know, a lot of the clients mm-hmm. come to it and say like, we're doing this because we can for our family. And that's really wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, and the messaging yeah, really resonates cool. yeah, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be a vacation home too, or like a second home. Yeah. Um, I love the next one. It's wonder and wonder, like the idea mm-hmm. that like, you know, we wander through this world and we might see something greater than ourselves, and that, we wonder too about who we are, and um, you know. So it's sort of a macro and a micro in the same mm-hmm. in the same emotion. Yeah. And so certainly, like these are not used directly, like as messages. We have to go really deep, mm-hmm. and we combine them with that first kind of e that extraordinary piece. Mm-hmm. But a really cool and unique story starts to evolve from that that designers can then use and, and any of us really um, can start mm-hmm. to use. And then the third E is experiential. Like how do you then, it's much more tactical, this one, like how do you map that to a, like an experience journey where, you know, you can, you can craft a marketing strategy around it. And that yeah. is the, that's the E3 storytelling framework. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it though. I love it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I love, I feel like even just you talking about those emotions, mm-hmm. even as someone who is not into interior design, I'm like, oh, tell me more. Like, yeah. yes, I w- like there's <laughs> something in all of us that wants to belong. There's something Always. in all of us that wants to have purpose. Like yeah. there's something in all of us that is wandering and wondering. Like um, there is something yeah. in all of us that does one of those things yeah. um, or multiple. And multiple. I think that Anybody could sell a couch, <laughs> like anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're telling this story where you're belonging with your family on yeah. this couch, like suddenly you've like just differentiated yourself from mm-hmm. all the other couch sellers. Yeah. Like, um, and so I really, really love that. And that's something that everybody yeah. can pull out. Um, I send my clients out, like when I, I do sort of a, a kickoff with them and we go through these emotions and I, I don't say like, okay, now pick one, but we say like, okay, some of these might resonate with you based on your experience with clients in the past, but your homework between now and like the next session where we start to really kind of define this is going to be like, and I, and I think this is something that like your audience could really benefit too, is like, take notice of what stories are being, what core emotions, those stories that you really get, you know, really resonate with what are those core emotions that are coming up for you? Because that can help make you mm. a better storyteller, a better consumer, right? Um, and more mm. aware of like the things that really matter to you. Um, because, you know, we're all buying stuff. Mm. It's not like, oh, I don't think consumerism sure. is bad. I don't think services are bad. I think like mm. we're all in the business of doing this because we know what we offer makes people's lives better. So, how mm. do we really get to them? When I see a lot mm. of you know, a lot of times service, not just interior design, but like a lot of service sites really talk about like all the cool things that they do. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. so what? <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> How am I going to compare that to like somebody else who's saying that they do it, you know, better? Why does it matter? Like, you really have to mm-hmm. build stories in ways that people will lean into and pay attention to and, and, that's, I think, the the heart of like the work that we get to mm-hmm. do with clients is help For them, sure. you know, suss that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're recording this right after 
Barbie weekend. Um, Barbie movie Barbie came world. out. <laughs> so one of the things that it keeps on coming to mind is, fascinates me with the marketing is mm-hmm. how much there's it plays into like nostalgia, yeah, which is like a form of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, even when Toy Story, like the newest Toy Story came out, I think it was number four. I lost yeah. track, but it was when all of the kids who watched it as like we watched it as kids. It's like all millennials who watched it as kids. Then it came out when we were adults mm-hmm. and all having kids. And so suddenly, like there was this nostalgia, mm-hmm. even this belonging factor to mm-hmm. it of like, oh, we belong with that era yeah. or we belong with this community. Um, but even belonging as a sort of like mm-hmm. a human continuum, like the, yeah. the issues mm-hmm. we have and our kids have and like our parents had and their parents, like we all are kind mm-hmm. of dealing with sort of the same stuff. And that right. actually gives you so much context about like meaning, totally. meaningness, meaningfulness in your right. life. It's super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like even, even before we got onto this recording, I was talking with, um, our nanny and asked her if she watched it, uh, mm-hmm. the Barbie movie. Um, and she said, no, but I'm going to. Yeah. And guys, like, I have I thought about Barbie in the last 10 years? No, I have not. not. Like, single bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. In fact, like, the only thing I've thought about is, like, how it, like, is in um, detrimental ways, like, around, like, how it created a culture of, yeah. um, that does not support body positivity. Exactly. And so that's the only conversations I've had about Barbie, but suddenly this movie comes out and it's like this mecca for all of these, (laughs) all of these like millennial women to be like, yeah, I played with Barbies. There's no way in heck I'm not going to miss that. Like, um, and so I think that it's just a really, it's a larger example of how some things marketing has played at these core emotions yeah. Um, yeah, totally. for us. So, And true for, for marketing too, like, can you imagine being like a marketer on the Barbie, the, the Mattel marketing team? <laughs> like you just throw anything Crazy. out and they're like, oh yeah, let's yeah. do it. We'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, what a cool, what a cool experience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's cool to see some of these millennial things that, like, have come back and circled around. Um, What are some other examples that you've seen of people using core emotions well or poorly? So I love to talk about Marie Kondo um, Mm -hmm. because she's not an interior designer per se, but she's certainly working in the home space. In that space, yeah. Yeah. So she, as you know, she's super influential. She is, like known all around the world um, Mm -hmm. in in every single way. So let's extraordinary for her. Um, She grew Mm -hmm. up um, very close to her grandmother in Japan um, who taught her kind of by example that, you know, everything you have matters, right? Even when you live in a small space or you live in a multi-generational place and there's like not a lot of personal space, like every single thing you have is um is something that matters and so in japan as i guess maybe now it's more common here but i think in japan as she was growing up there are um organizers right like professional organizers Mm -hmm. um, and that's like a career path you can take and so she wanted to do that because she wanted to um you know show people that their their things could have meaning but what she was finding was that like 
everybody else in that space, all the other organizers were just telling people to just throw everything away, like discard all your stuff. Um, but she mm-hmm. flipped the script and told people to keep only the things they love, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that in keeping what you have, think about it. And we all know like now her kind of tagline is like, if it doesn't spark joy, it's not worth really having, mm-hmm. right? So she's leveraging like mm-hmm. her background with her grandmother, her the sort of observational or behavioral thing that she grew mm-hmm. up with. And using that to kind of drive like her career path. So I think that's Mm -hmm. genius. But the emotional part of it is that like, I think it's this search for meaning. Like how is it Mm -hmm. that our space and our home can really protect us and make us feel safe and make us feel happy, right? When our Mm -hmm. stuff, like there's other messages that are thrown at us that are like, bye, bye, bye. You've got to consume. You've got to have it look like this or or you're nothing. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. that message. She's completely counter to that. She's like, you know, mm-hmm. the search for meaning in our life is about each thing we have giving us joy. And if it's a mm-hmm. thing that gives us joy, maybe people give us joy too. Maybe our job can give us joy. Maybe the things we eat or the things we do for others can also give us joy. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of amplified out as a behavior, as a core emotion. And I think it's genius. Mm-hmm. It's super genius. If you go to her website, even like her email, like, you know, like the pop-up, the opt-in is like... Mm-hmm. Get sign up for emails that spark joy. Like, that's genius. <laughs> Who says she no to that? She's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius in every single way. And so uh-huh. she's hit on it across all, um, you know, not just the emotional part, but the, the experience part. She's now, mm-hmm. you know, for several years, she's been training people in her KonMari method, where she shows mm-hmm. people how to become professional organizers and offer the same experience to other people. And now she's got products with like Muji, maybe she's got like, I know mm-hmm. she has product lines. She has like her own, you know, she's been able to scale that ideology mm-hmm. of, you know, sparking joy in people's lives using your, your stuff, your things, your, mm-hmm. whatever you purchase and whatever totally. you have is meaningful. And it's, I, mm-hmm. it's just brilliant. And she's more than like, yeah, I think one of the things I talk to clients about too a lot is like brands are ideas. Brand, brand, mm-hmm. as you know, and we're sure we could talk about this. It's like really hard to pin down to describe totally. to people outside of our industry. Like brand mm-hmm. is like the vapor trail <laughs> you leave behind yeah. when you, um, you know, because you want to build stories that create emotions and create memories, mm-hmm. just like a Barbie, even though. Mm-hmm. All, we put 10 women in a room who each had Barbies and asked them, like, what does Barbie mean oh, yeah. to you? There'll be some key similarity between mm-hmm. all of them that that brand has been able to cultivate and streamline over all mm-hmm. the years, even though Barbie might mean something different to everyone. And that's the For power sure. of brand, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it takes time and it takes, you know, yeah. it takes care mm-hmm. and love. But Marie Kondo's done it really, really, really well. And um, and I, she does it with an emotional core to the brand, for sure. Totally. But it gives her space to do many things. Yeah. Right. And what I love about it is that she's not saying don't consume. She's nope. just saying consume with joy. Like where she's, yeah. she's taking what everybody else is doing That's and just right. flipping it. Just yeah. slightly and just say, you don't have to do it totally different. Yeah. Because um, there's plenty of people. I like how you, I didn't know that story about the other organizers. Yeah. Um, 
just telling people to throw stuff away. Um, or just like, you <laughs> that's know, what I like do. if you feel like your apartment's too full, like just get rid of stuff, mm-hmm. right? But Marie's right. point of view was like, organization is self-care. I love that. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. And I think it, yeah, she she has created a huge brand out of it where Marie mm-hmm. Kondo is like now like a household name yeah. um, where we all know what it means. Yeah. So I'm curious on the flip side, are there any core emotions that you would tell people to avoid? I mean, obviously ones that cause people to, you know, do bad behaviors. And I'm not the one to yeah. say like, mm-hmm. what's a bad behavior? Because mm-hmm. again, it's going to, I don't know. I will just say that, Every industry. It's a hard. It's like it's a, a random question. question that I came up with, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> so I there's like no it. wrong, no wrong answers. I what I think of yeah. is there is like um, a core emotion. Like it's not one of the ones that you talked about. Is anger when anger is used for justice? Mm, yes. It is like a good way to use that core emotion. I love that. If you're just gonna be angry at everything, <laughs> then that's gonna like. Yeah. not create a joyful life. Like, and so as a brand, you would want to stay away. Well, you're also going to create energy of people. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to bring together people who are, you know, anger can cause riots Anger can cause, mm-hmm. you know, really destruction, bad, mm-hmm. destruction, yeah. bad behavior on behalf of people. Yeah. You don't want to be, mm-hmm. you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that don't be that brand I guess like yeah I guess my thought with that question was just more like um even for us to be intentional about like saying like we're not going to speak into that like I feel yeah. like a lot of core emotions have like a very dark flip side like they belonging could also become exclusionary like yep. and totally. so at what point do you need to like Say, okay, well, this is as far as we're going. Um, So I think it's just being conscientious that, like, core emotions are wonderful, but also, like, you got to be careful because you don't want to play with people and you don't want to manipulate them either. So, well, yeah, you have to be super careful. And a lot of people look at marketing as manipulation and advertising, Mm -hmm. and and it's not, it it can be that, it can go that way when it's done Mm -hmm. incorrectly. But, you know, be on the good side. Mm-hmm. Go to the light. Totally. Don't go to the dark. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure. Um, no, I I agree. I mean, I even think of, like, if you're delivering on your product, like, then it's not manipulation. But if you're not right. delivering. Um, did you ever watch the documentary about the fire Festival? No. Oh, no. Okay, so, but tell me what you're thinking. So it was it was about this guy who created this fire festival. And people can fact check me later. But he basically started selling these high class tickets to this festival on an island. Um, but he didn't actually have it. Like he didn't actually that. create mm-hmm. the infrastructure that was necessary. It was a miserable experience. But that's like a really good example of using core emotions poorly, um, in my opinion, because um, he was attracting young people, like um, playing on their hopes and their dreams, and yeah, yeah. hopes, dreams, Mm -hmm. belonging. People were spending ten thousand dollars just so that they could ten thousand dollars that they didn't have just so that they could go to Mm -hmm. this. and then it like it was a total manipulation, a good example of manipulation, um, where he used and toyed with their core emotions, yeah. but then didn't deliver. So that just came to me. 
So, yeah. No, um, it's, be careful. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that either. Uh, no. Erica. Yeah. A few random questions. So we were just talking beforehand. So er- everybody, Erica lives in France. Um, yeah. So um, <laughs> if somebody were to go to France, where would you tell them to visit? Like, oh man, wow. Well, it depends. This is like a speed like, questions. So. Speed question. Okay, I'm in the south of France. I'm in Marseille, which I think is a super cool city. It's full of like creatives. It's a port, so there's like people from all mm-hmm. over the place. Like, it's mm-hmm. got a full kind of like, it's a it's a melting pot, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. Paris is amazing, yeah. of course. Go to Paris, um, but if you want something different and off the beaten track, Marseille. It's got like this beautiful crystal blue ocean water, like sea, Mediterranean mm-hmm. sea. Yeah. It's pretty mild most of the year. Yeah. There's beautiful mountains for hiking and the food is fantastic. So Marseille. So why did you decide to move to France <laughs> instead of any other country? Um, well, I had, um, I had, I had worked in China for many years while I was a designer. And while I was there, I met people from all over the world. And um, a couple of them um, ended up in in Marseille um, for life and love. And they were like, come, you know, come visit. It was 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew people here. And um, so I said, okay, I'll try. And and I came. And now I... And it's stuck. <laughs> it works. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I, I was just telling somebody there's something about Europe that feels so dreamy, like to me, uh, living in the States. And so I love that you're doing it and living there. Yeah. And well, I think we, we all went through this time in the world where, like, it showed us that, I mean, we could run businesses from anywhere, you know, even mm-hmm. state to state, you didn't have to go and show mm-hmm. up like in an office anymore. And so I kind of took that to a little bit of an extreme, but hey, yeah. as you should, I mean, yeah, I would, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and I think that even, um, yeah, circling back, like even that has just served like a really, I mean, I feel like there's even like a, like not that France was like recru- recruiting you or not that France had <laughs> marketing, um, but like we do make even life choices based on core emotions too. Sure. And so yeah. I think that even if it's not like um, a product or service, like yeah. we're all making choices based on those emotions. So Absolutely. as businesses, we should position ourselves. So that's yeah. my wrap up for that. I love it. <laughs> I will say Full that circle. Um, doubles your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how your core emotions uh, are affecting all your decision making. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, Erica, if people want to learn more about you, yeah. or if we have designers um, listening in, like, where should they find you? Well, they won't find me on Threads because I was on okay. Threads for like a week until I think they figured out I was in France, and then I have not been able to get on since. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. I know. I knew? Tried that's crazy. VPN, whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, Instagram. Um, and I have a website. Okay. Instagram is, um, my handle is Sarit Creative, S-A-U-R-I-T, Creative. And um, my website is SaritCreative.com. I have tons of maybe in- interior design related content, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but marketing yeah, sweet. as well. So, um, mm-hmm. and I have a freebie if you want to know how to 
um, look at your current brand message in the form of like a one page brand audit, which is super fun to do. Um, cool. Yeah. So, That's awesome. And check that out. Sweet. Reach out. You can mm-hmm. find me. Yeah. On we'll link everything for Erica um, in the show notes. Otherwise, cool. everybody, thanks for joining us. Erica, thanks for joining us. Um, Thank you so much for having me, Julia. This was really fun. I'm so super glad you're cool. here. And have a great day. Yeah. You too. Friends, thanks for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I'm so glad that you have. If you've enjoyed it as much as we have, I just ask you to subscribe so you know each time we have a new episode coming out. If you loved our podcast and want to give us a rating or a review, I promise we will read each and every one of them. A special shout out to our friend, Carson Childers, who is producing our podcast. We really appreciate him and all the hard work that he's done for us. Also, thanks to the Stratos team. They have been behind the scenes doing all of the graphic design, brainstorming, etc., etc. Really, this wouldn't be possible without them. I'm thankful for each and every one of you guys. Lastly, listener. We'll be back next week, and I hope you will be too.